The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back, folks, here on Big Blue Views Audio Network. We are providing you with a second update on New York Giants free agency. Today, we have three moves, some recent additions to this Giants roster that we are going to cover. Before we get to that, though, hit that subscribe button, leave us a five-star review to stay up to date on any other moves, and also head to bigblueview.com for written analysis and also, again, at the moment updates on any additions to this Giants roster. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum today. And Chris, we have we, we haven't recorded in a day because we were waiting for stuff to, to settle down and we had enough things to discuss on today's show. And we've got three moves. All three of them have things that we can talk about them. They're interesting. They're not anything that we predicted was going to happen. And one particularly is at a position that I don't think that we even thought that they were going to go make a move at, and that is signing veteran tight end Kyle Rudolph, who has a pretty decorated career, 4,488 receiving yards in his career and 453 receptions to go along with 48 touchdowns. His best year came in 2016 840 receiving yards, seven touchdowns, and 83 receptions. So we know that this guy, uh, Kyle Rudolph, can be highly productive. He's towards the end of his career, but coming in on a two-year, $14 million deal to bring him in either to compete possibly with Evan Ingram. They might move Evan Ingram, which is an ideal that's been floated out there. But it seems like the priority instead of going and getting a receiver was they wanted to bring in a veteran tight end. Maybe that is the direction that they're trying to go with with this offense in 2021. Yeah, it does kind of seem to me like uh, Jason Garrett wanted his Jason Witten. He wanted that uh, kind of all-around tight end, a guy who can catch, a guy who can block. Uh, yeah. You know, we know the deal total is two years, $14 million. We don't know the exact structure of the Rudolph deal just yet, uh, particularly what the cap hit will be this year. Right now, per over the cap, as of this recording, which the Giants kind of love to torpedo our recordings. <laughs> they, they, they do it all the time. Uh, 
the Giants have 5.8 million in cap space. So I have to imagine that his year one number is pretty small, especially considering that's one of three moves they've made so far today. So it, it is curious what they're going to do with the tight end position. Cause right now they've got four on the roster. They've got Kyle Rudolph, Evan Ingram, Caden Smith, and Levine Toilolo. So yeah, I, I'm not quite sure what they're going to do. Maybe they're just going to carry four tight ends and play a lot of two and three tight end sets. Maybe they're going to try to move Evan Ingram. Uh, yeah, we're just going to have to kind of wait and see there. Yeah, th- this only brings more questions rather than answers, which is why this move is the most perplexing. And heck, you know, I'll admit I'm a big fan of Kyle Rudolph. I think he's a talented tight end and he's going to provide a little bit of juice in this offense. And he's probably a better fit than Evan Ingram is. He'll do well in the two years that he is a New York giant. But the thing that is now perplexing is what are they going to do with these tight ends? Because they restructured and brought back Levine Toilolo, which why would you go out of your way to do that if you were intending on possibly signing a tight end in free agency not only a a decent tight end but a very good tight end that is a veteran tight end so I think that that trade possibility is definitely out there for Evan Ingram and the one thing that was floated out there by Jordan Ronan of ESPN is he had said that the, the Giants were interested in Hunter Henry of all people who that made this this move even more confusing because not only were they interested in bringing in another tight end, but they were really interested if they were looking in Hunter Henry as a, as an option because he did not sign for a cheap contract. That was going to basically take up most of their remaining cap if they sign Hunter Henry. So uh, the goal must be to run as many tight ends as possible and get a completely different style, well-rounded tight end rather than somebody who can take the top off of a defense. And I, th- I think that this is a blatant, uh, both of those headlines, signing of Kyle Rudolph and being interested in Hunter Henry are a pretty clear indication of that's what that's what they're moving towards. Yeah, or you know, maybe Joe Judge was uh, quarantining with Belichick and Josh McDaniels for a while there because this is something the Patriots have all, you know, they made huge headlines on Monday and Tuesday with bringing in Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith and giving those guys big contracts and looking like they might run a 13 personnel base offense. But Maybe just one other possibility just occurred to me. You know, maybe the Giants are going to try to use Evan Ingram as much more of a wide receiver. That has been a talk amongst fans pretty much since Ingram was drafted. That you know he is really far from a traditional tight end. He's much more of that hybrid industrial-sized receiver type player. So maybe they are going to give that a try. After all, he's on the last year of his rookie deal, maybe they could try that option to try see if they can't get some can't get uh, more consistent production out of him before making up their mind as to whether or not they want to sign him to a second contract. Yeah, so there's d- definitely a lot of possibilities that can come into play here and hopefully there is some news by the end of free agency that we can say like, okay, this was the move that we were hoping for right now. It doesn't seem like there's much of an indication uh, as we're still trying to see what happens with Kenny Galladay as we're recording this podcast coming up. We have two more moves, a backup quarterback and another pass rusher joining the giants. Uh, Before we get to that though, we're just going to take a really short commercial break. So news broke on Thursday morning that the Giants are signing Mike Glennon, longtime backup 
with multiple teams, notably the Chicago Bears, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Arizona Cardinals, most recently with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and at one point was considered to be one of the better backup-turned-starters uh, a few years ago when he was a free agent when he signed with the Chicago Bears. And now he hasn't really lived up to that hype. The one thing you get with Mike Lennon, he's enormous. He's six foot seven. He's going to be a guy that can step in and manage the team in the event that something does happen to Daniel Jones. We're unsure of the specific details of the contract at the moment of recording this. But the one thing that we can take away, Chris, is that they wanted to invest more in a stronger um a, a stronger option at the backup position to protect themselves uh, in the event of something happening to Daniel Jones. Yeah, and that is the thing with Mike Lennon. You can say a lot about him, not all of it really great as a quarterback. He has a he doesn't have a great completion percentage. I believe it's right around 60% on his career and he's dipped down into the 50s a few times. Uh he can turn the ball over. But one thing he can do is throw that ball a country mile. He could probably reach the end zone from the other end zone. So that could also point us in a little bit of a direction as to where Jason Garrett wants to go with this offense. You know, last year we saw in the second half of the season, they focused much more on short, quick passes, a lot of one or two read, run after catch type things. It actually looked a lot more like uh, Pat Shermer's offense than I think we were expecting. You know, it could be by getting that big, strong-armed backup that if something happens with happens to Daniel Jones, they want a guy there who can execute a vertical offense. Yeah, Mike Glennon provides that ability to do that, and he's not obviously not going to compete with Daniel Jones, but uh, has a little bit more juice in his arm than Colt McCoy did. I think that this is definitely an upgrade at the backup position and something that we had, you know, we had talked about a while ago when we did the um, the quarterback evaluation show talking about, you know, what happens with Colt McCoy. Did they decide to upgrade? Did they decide to maybe draft somebody? Uh, Drafting is definitely still a possibility in the later rounds if they feel that someone's on the board that they like as a future developmental backup. But uh, the Mike Glennon signing, I, I think this makes sense. I really have no issues with this. I think that this is a, a move to just protect your offense and, and provide yourself with options um, going forward in the event that, again, that possibly Daniel Jones gets hurt again because we know now after two years he can run and he likes to run. He's not a mobile quarterback per se like a Lamar Jackson, but he will run, and if he continues to take contact, there could be other situations where he might have to miss time. The other signing and the last one that we're going to talk about is a, a edge defender outside linebacker, a Fetty Ode Ingbo uh, from the Minnesota Vikings, one year, $2.5 million, and he has uh, had some pretty good production in his time with the Vikings. So this one, again, another move that I don't have any qualms with. I think this, this one makes a lot of sense considering the pass rush approach that we have seen uh, for the Giants with Patrick Graham, that they don't necessarily need to go after a big fish, but they can rather try to get as much out of maybe some smaller names as possible. Yeah, he's reasonably young. I believe he's 26. He'll be 27 in April. Uh, he said he had 10 and a half sacks. That was uh, seven sacks in 2019, three and a half sacks last year. He started 15 games for the Vikings after, uh, I believe it was Anthony Barr got injured. So he does have that experience starting, uh, 
I think we should hope that he's part of a rotation that unless he really forces his way onto the field and becomes a primary starter because he is just playing that well, you know, I think he's probably going to be more of a rotation player with Lorenzo Carter and O'Shane Zimenez. You know, he might be this year's version of Kyler Fackrell or Jabal Sheard. Yeah. Yeah. And I, heck, I, I think that's the perfect example to point at is Kyler Fackrell, who had a lot of production previously with the Packers, then took a step back when the Packers brought in some bigger names, uh, Preston and Zadarius Smith. And after he took that step back, Patrick Graham was willing to take that shot on him, and he was able to be pretty good in his time with the Giants. So I think this is a very similar move. I'm hoping that they are willing to explore drafting somebody within the first two or three rounds because this pass rush is not necessarily a lateral move, but it at least gets a little bit better. They still need to make a, a somewhat of a splash if they want this this group to really improve. Yeah, Definitely. And this is going to be an interesting draft class just to go off on just a little bit of a tangent as far as the pass rush goes. Uh, I think if you asked five different evaluators, you would get five different answers as to who the top pass rusher or top edge rusher in this class is. And that could make for some interesting options for the Giants in the second round, depending on what happens in the first round. Yeah, certainly. Folks, that's going to be it from us on today's uh, free agency update for the New York Giants. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to stay up to date if we have any more updates to discuss. Um, hit that uh, hit that subscribe button. Head to BigBlueView.com and also follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon, at RaptorMKII, and at BigBlueView. Talk to you soon, folks. Have a good rest of your day.